Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Many of us in in this room have attempted to get into shape, am I right? And many of us have started out really well in thinking, okay, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to buy these weights, I'm going to buy this equipment, I'm going to do this or that. And you have this great plan set up, right? And then you enter into that workout routine or that exercise regime or that diet or whatever, and you start down that road, and you, after a week, you, you look at yourself and you're like, well, this isn't working, so I'm not going to bother. Right? Anybody else there with me? I mean, you go for that walk, or you have that workout, or you cut that thing out of your diet, and you're in so much pain that you are convinced that you have just literally lost 15 pounds. Right? Am I the only one? I may be the only one. But you just feel like, all right, I'm in so much pain, I am so uncomfortable, I feel so horrible about myself, I must have lost weight, or I must have gained eight pounds of muscle already. And then you jump on the scale and you realize the opposite has happened. And you're like, why is this taking so long? It shouldn't take this long for this to happen. That's not just, we have that same attitude in other parts of our lives, don't we? Why is this taking so long? Sometimes it is a matter of trying to work on relationships. You're trying to, you're trying to work through something with a friend or a family member, and maybe it's your spouse, and you, you figure, okay, we're going to work on this situation. We're going to work on our communication. We're going to work on how we, we connect. We're going to make sure that we have date nights, or we're going to make sure that I'm actually listening to my kids a little bit better, whatever it is. And we, we say, okay, I'm going to do what my friend wants to do instead of always what I want to do. And we, we say, we're going to make these relationships better. And so you put the time in, you put the money in, you put the, the effort in to make those things better. And then the problem just continues on. You put everything you have into it, and then it seems like even after weeks of this, things haven't changed. We have this same attitude when we're trying to just make improvements to ourselves. Maybe you want to learn how to play an instrument or you want to take a course or you want to just just get better at your job. And so you, you start investing in those things. And you start making those changes and you think, okay, I'm going to pick up the guitar or I'm going to start playing the drums and you watch a couple videos and you, you start practicing and it feels like your hands are going to fall off and you feel like you've spent hours on this thing and then you go to do it and you, you can't play the guitar yet. You can't keep up with the rock stars. You still haven't got that promotion at work. 
your plants aren't growing the way they're supposed to, as you see on HGTV. Why is it taking so long? Why, why is it costing so much to get it where you want it to be? Why is it so hard? We see this. We see this in, in almost every area of our life when we're dealing with our marriages and we're dealing with kids and we're dealing with school and we're dealing with work where a lot of times we start a new job or we, we have our family, we start with a, a new kid and we think, okay, I'm going to work through these few situations and then everything's going to be great. Everything's going to work out, everything's going to be glorious, I'm going to change jobs and this is going to be good. I'm going to change houses and this is going to be good. I'm going to have a baby and this is going to be good. And we're going to change schools and it's all going to be taken care of. And then you enter into those new situations and all of a sudden it's good for about 30 seconds and then you realize it's complicated again. And it's messy and it's painful and it hurts. And you think, in that moment, you absolutely think, did I make the wrong choice? I know that every one of you in this room that have kids have thought, oh boy, did we make the wrong choice. <laughs> Where is that coming from? Where is this, this idea that things should happen quickly, that things shouldn't be hard, that things shouldn't be complicated? Where does that come from? Well, partially, I think it just comes from our human nature and our impatience. But I think there's another significant factor. And that's programming. We have been programmed to think that is how life happens. You watch a show on Netflix or on cable, you watch a YouTube video, you listen, you listen to somebody's biography on audiobook, you read the book, whatever it is, and you sit there and you spend an hour, you spend five minutes, you spend a couple hours, maybe you watch an entire series in an afternoon, no show of hands, but I know you do it. You watch an entire series in, in an afternoon and you spend a few hours on this thing and you have seen people go from the depths of despair into becoming a champion. And it only took six hours. <laughs> you can watch videos on YouTube where they take a chunk of wood and then five minutes later, it's this $5,000 table. And it only took five minutes. And all you had to do was put it there and then wait a few minutes and then it became something else. You watch shows. You watch shows and things just progress so quickly. You watch these shows about raising kids and having a marriage and you see some emotional outbursts but only some. Have you ever noticed that when you're watching these shows, whether it's online or on cable or watching movies, that you pretty much never see the people in the show take a bathroom break? <laughs> Think about it. 
you're watching these shows and all the waiting around and the awkward pauses never seem to happen. Now, I know that there are a whole lot of awkward pauses in my life because of me, but I'm fairly confident that in all of your lives, there are these moments when you're at home with your, the people you love or the people you don't love, whatever, and there are just hours of silence. For some of you, hours of screaming. And you don't see that. You don't see people do the normal mundane things. You don't see the awkward exchanges. You don't see them take off their shoes when they walk into the room. You don't see... Like, you watch Star Wars and you're like, where are they carrying all their money? All those details aren't presented. And that has programmed us to think that life should be quick, should be easy, and should be simple. And that has left us asking and wondering, why is this so long? Why are these things so bad? Why is life so messy? I think there's something we need to remember here, and that is that there is always more to the story. Let me give you a biblical example. In John chapter 4, Jesus goes to this city, and uh, his disciples go into the city to buy food, and he stays by the well just outside the city. And a woman comes to the well to get some water, which is kind of a, an odd thing in that time for a woman to come out in the middle of the day to get water, but she's there, and she comes out, and Jesus is there by the well, and he says, excuse me, could you, could you get me some water? And that begins this conversation, and she starts saying, well... You don't have anything for, to get water? What, what's going on here? And Jesus says, well, you know what? I, I, I can actually get you something really valuable to drink that's better than the water from this well. And, and in verse 15, it, this is the conversation that happens. It says, the woman said to Jesus, sir, give me this water that you speak of so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Then Jesus said to her, you're right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. So what you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the only place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship 
what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in, in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. What do we see here? We see a number of things. We see two people that are faced with the reality that there is more to their stories. The woman comes and she's saying that she doesn't have a husband and she's hiding all of her past and she's hiding that she's had five husbands and that she's living with a man not married to him and she's hiding all that. She's keeping that behind the scenes. She has edited her story to make it more presentable to this man at the well and she is hiding the rest of the story to hope that she will be accepted, that she will be find meaning, that, she, that it won't become an issue to this conversation. And so she has edited it to think to be more acceptable. And Jesus sees right through that and is able to see her whole story. And not only has she hidden her life, trying to edit it and reduce it and hide the rest of the story from Jesus, but she has looked at Jesus and assumed... Assume that everything she sees about him is his whole story. That he is just a Jewish man looking to get some water. Oh wait, maybe he's a prophet too. But she just takes him, he looks at her, she looks at him and assumes that what she sees is all there is. She's hiding her story, but she looks at somebody else and assumes that what she sees is all there is. And this is exactly what we do. We edit our stories. We reduce our stories. We hide parts of our stories. And we assume that those things don't fit. That they don't fit what it's supposed to be. Because we're looking at everybody, whether it's on TV, whether it's in the news, whether it's on magazines, whether it's in the clothing stores, or it's just the people around us that we're looking at. We look at all of that and we assume that what we see is all there is. And we forget that there is more to their stories. While at the same time trying to edit our own stories. You need to be careful because there is always more to the story. Whether it's our appearance, success, power, money, skills, vacation plans, family dynamics, marriage, dating, losing weight, there's always more to the story. Great. Who cares? What does that mean? What are we supposed to do with that? I want to give you three, three things that we need to take away from that today. 
Three things about this reality that our world, that we tend to edit our stories and that we assume that all everybody else's story is not edited. We, there are three things we need to do. Number one is we need to ask, what, am, what are they leaving out? What are they leaving out? Now that has to do with in dealing with people in your family, it has to do with dealing strangers, it has to do with dealing with your friends, it has to deal with when you're watching TV or you're looking at a magazine or you're scrolling through things online, Facebook, whatever it is you're looking at, whether it's media or people, you need to pause and ask, what are they leaving out? And part of that is just being skeptical. Understanding that there's going to be more there, and you've got to be a little bit skeptical. But part of it is simply caring enough about other people that you want to see and understand more than what they present. When you're watching the news, when you're looking at headlines, when you're watching YouTube... When you're dealing with your kids, when you're talking to your parents, when you're in an argument with your spouse, you need to ask, you need to pause and you need to ask, what are they leaving out? And again, that doesn't have to be a thing that you do because you think that they're lying to you or to think that they're, they're manipulating the situation or, or, or even they're just trying to pull the wool over your eyes. It doesn't have to be a negative, skeptical thing. It just you need to pause and you need to understand that when we are dealing with other people, there's more to the story. And they may seem really angry about this one thing, but what are they leaving out? Because there may be some other issue that they're dealing with. Your kids may not be paying attention to you, and that might be because they're really horrible children. Or maybe because they've left something out and they're actually anxious about something that happened the other day. You're going to watch shows, you're going to be online, and you're going to see all these things happen like that. You're going to see people that look perfect, and you're going to think, well, everything is supposed to happen quickly and easily without mess. And you've got to pause and you've got to say, but what are they leaving out? And part of that is being skeptical, getting a proper worldview. And part of that is just caring about people to see beyond what they present. The second thing, the second thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we do not compare ourselves to anybody or anything we see in the media. Do not compare yourself to someone else that you see in the media, whether that is in talent or in physical appearance 
or in popularity or relationship status or, or the, the speed by which they were able to climb something because there is always more to the story. And by looking at them and comparing yourself to them, all you are seeing is the finished final product in that moment. And that moment has even been edited. And so you need to be very careful not to compare yourself to what you see presented to you in a very edited fashion because there is always more to the story. You look and you're like, why don't I look like that? Why, how come I don't have muscles like that? Why don't I have hair like that? How come my family doesn't function that way? How come I don't have vacations like them? How come I'm not driving that car? Why does my house not look like that? How come my work environment hasn't progressed this way? How come I don't have the corner office? Why don't I have money like that? Whatever it is, do not compare yourself to what you see in the media because there is always more to the story. And not only are you seeing the final product but you're also just not seeing the garbage that exists behind the scene. This woman that Jesus spoke to tried to present her life like it was all together. Maybe not perfect, but it was okay. Even though she had a pile of baggage that she was very ashamed about. And she assumed that Jesus was doing, that he was just there and he was just a man and there was nothing more. And that led her to believe that she had to put on a mask. Ask, what are they leaving out? Never compare yourself to someone you see in the media. And the third thing is, you need to know that Jesus knows your whole story. And he wants you anyway. Let me be very clear. Jesus knows your whole story. And he's not embarrassed of you. He's not afraid of you. He's not disgusted by you. He doesn't want to just give you five minutes and then leave and wash his hands and hope that you'd ever come back. He sees your entire story. And he wants to be in your life anyway. In the middle of it. He sees the depression. He sees the fear. He sees the jealousy. He sees how you, you beat yourself up 
and you beat yourself down. He sees how you look at other people and you hate them for how they have progressed and you have not and they have things that you don't have. He sees how you lie and how you have cheated. He hates how you, you have cheated in your family. He sees your anger problems. He sees your greed. He sees all the things from your past and he sees the things that you are supposed to be not doing but still keep falling into. He sees it all. And he's not running away from you. And he loves you right where you are. And I don't know all of your story. But I want you to know that even though I don't know all of your story, we want to be in your life too. That you are welcome here. And it doesn't matter what baggage you bring. It doesn't matter the mess that you are in. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past or the mess that, and the mistakes that you're making right now. I want you to know very clearly that I understand there is more to your story and I still want you here. That you are still welcome here that we all have more to our stories. And this is a place for you. That we are the body of Christ. And Christ does know your story and says, I love you, I want you, this is a place for you. And I want you to know, without any mistake, this place is for you. Christ is for you. And if you follow Him, He will prove that to you over and over and over again. There's lots more that we could talk about. There's lots more in this story. But this is what we need to remember today. That there is always more to the story. And so we need to ask, what are they leaving out? We need to make sure that we're not comparing ourselves with others, especially those in the media. And we need to remember that Jesus knows our story and wants to be with us. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus and down to earth ways. Thank you.